Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Mental Takedown. This time I'm joined alongside 125 pounder from Wisconsin, Eric Barnard. Eric is a super thoughtful person and really has one of the more unique takes on wrestling that I've had on the show. It's always a pleasure to do as many of these interviews as I can, and as always, we'll the clip, and we'll see you on the other side. There, alongside myself, joined alongside another Wisconsin Badger. They might as well just make me their media person at this point. 125-pounder, <laughs> Eric Barnett. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Well, it's only half a minute in. Are you the better half of your one-two punch? What, say that again, better half of what? Are you the better half of your one-two punch, namely you and Kyle? No, I don't, I don't want to stoke any flames, but I, uh, me, me and Kyle wrestle a lot and I'll, I'll just leave it staying politically correct. And we're just 50, 50. We win some, we lose some. It's, it's a fun battle every time. He lifts more than me. And he's faster than me though. So he might be beating me there, but. Fair enough. We'll see if I can poke the bear at some point in the century. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and just, you know, what's, you know, I always like to start here, especially when I do these interviews in the off season, like just kind of catch us up on what happened after euphoria of finishing all American in, uh, in March. Yeah. So just kind of like what, what I've been up to since then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I took a, took a week off after nationals. I went home to see the family. Um, and then came back for about a month and a half or so, finishing up school and then uh, just helping the, the girls and uh, Ethan Rotundo train uh, as they were getting ready for opens and trials and everything like that and getting Seth ready and all that fun stuff. But And then we had a good chunk of May off. And then, yeah, we're back to training, starting started training again two days ago so now we're going five lifts a week and then we wrestle four times a week and then I think I'm going to try and throw in some jujitsu stuff in there too just to learn some stuff so is yeah. that is that oh that's I wasn't expecting that one at the end um so is that too is that kind of the early embers of a transition or is that just more to learn stuff I think it's just to learn stuff I mean there's there's some stuff especially the way I wrestle that I think I can translate from jujitsu to wrestling and to help me in certain positions. I've always thought about a transition to uh, fighting. I don't know if I'll ever do it just because I love wrestling. And I love being around wrestling, but yeah, I think I'm a little like I'm sadistic enough to be able to go fight and get punched in the face and punch people back and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. Well, you, we, we all, I mean, they say that, you know, you have to be, you have to be crazy enough to wrestle, right? And then you have to Yeah, be, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess we'll get there. I mean, where did that, where did the way you wrestle, I mean, the way you wrestled really come from? Because, I mean. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I get a question sort of like that a lot and basically like, how are you so good from where you came from? Because I don't, I 
I don't come from a very um, wrestling heavy place, not like uh, Eastern PA or those type of places. I'm in Northeast Wisconsin where it's, it, it's not super popular to wrestle and we're not in the front lines. Like people aren't really like storming in to watch us wrestle and everything like that. So it wasn't super um, heavy, like partner wise. I kind of just stuck with my same partner since I've been probably 12 years old, 12 to 18. I was wrestling with the same guys all the time. Um, Bianchi's are a group of guys that I wrestled with a lot. Berglund, uh, Scott Cook, uh, my brother, um, that group of guys, a lot of the Kakana guys, uh, John Diener, Harrison Brooks. Um, I could keep naming names, but that group of guys. And um, I think the catapult um, that kind of launched me into the wrestling sphere and really got me hooked on it was wrestling with Dennis Hall. I went to World Gold for, I think it was four years before I hit high school and he gave me really good mentality. And that's where, that's where Macy Kilty got good. Obviously she's Olympic final or Olympic trials finalist. And who would have known if she didn't get hurt? Like though the Kilty was one of my partners growing up like that. That's kind of the people I had, but for my style, I don't, it's just like, I love just leaving it out there. I mean, that's what I get some people cracking jokes about me getting pinned a couple of times. And that, that's just my style, but it's the same reason I get pins as much as I do. It's because I let it, I let it go. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know where my style came from. Just kind of wrestling with guys, seeing what works and finding little tricks that maybe can catch a guy, that type of stuff. So then do you get bored when something like that doesn't happen? No, no, I, I, no, because I I love hand fighting too. I'm a hard hand fighter. I love the fight. Just like somebody clubs me real hard. It's like, that was good. Like, I, it's like, I'll give guys credit. Like, that was a good smack. Like, stuff like that. So, I, I'm not bummed at, like, the maybe a slower pace match or something where I'm not able to do my little tricks. But I can also be very gritty, which helps me, like, maybe just writing a guy out for a period, which is huge in college wrestling. Like I'm able to do that. And yeah, I mean, that's not really a fast paced style, but I know I can hit that certain, those, those cool little moves that get the highlight reels and everybody loves them every now and then in matches, but yeah. So how was it like just, mentally you kind of took the took the long way home yeah to the podium this morning yeah so i'm wondering like in between matches how do you kind of stay within the moment yeah so i guess one big part of it which was some people hated it some people loved it i was one of the ones that loved it but breaking up the session so we had 125 to 157 that wrestled which gave me longer time to watch matches and see like figure out guys styles and feel good like go take a 45 minute nap in my hotel room do some stretches in my hotel room get some food make sure I'm not eating drinking too much because I still gotta make weight but yeah I mean I liked it um 
it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a cool atmosphere at nationals, like very mellow, which is strange for a national tournament because there weren't any fans. So nobody was really screaming. Um, but yeah, in between matches, it was just scouting, relaxing, kicking my feet up. But obviously I knew I still had a mission. Do you think that like kind of threw a lot of guys off? I actually didn't even, I actually forgot that that was a thing until like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess last, so last year, my first year, I love, like, I love running out in the field house. Like the fans are great. Well, there's a, a duel we had where it was against Michigan state and it was, it was like a huge snow, snowstorm. So not a lot of fans were there and that threw me off. I was like, wow, I'm not even used to that. So kind of like dim the mood, but it was not, not necessarily a good thing, but at nationals, it was, it was good for me to just focus in on the match, not worry about the noise, all of that stuff especially like when you wrestle like a big school like I guess Arizona State had a great team this year so they could have had a good chunk of fans like I'm wrestling an Arizona State guy they're cheering it 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 just affects the way some people think sometimes is Bono 20 times louder when there's no fans <laughs> yeah I'm I'm one of those that like I'm not great at listening like during the match, but yeah, when, when there's a break, like I instantly look over cause he's screaming, ee, bee, ee, bee, ee. screaming my name. But yeah. He's, he's got a, a solid voice on him. I said like, you don't need big 10 commentators when Bono's mic'd up. <laughs> and no kidding. No kidding. Exactly. No. I'll kind of touch on this real quick. You actually had to get an at-large bid to make it to the tournament this year. Are you like I figure? I mean, I was gonna, I don't know, do something if they didn't give you a bid. But you can never, <laughs> you can never be too sure, right? I mean, do we, right. Like we, I mean, everyone kind of assumed you were in, but I guess are there still like emo extra emotions that come with things like that? Yeah, I was obviously pretty bummed about the Big Ten performance, but things happen. Uh, you just got to keep moving on. Um, but yeah, I mean, after the tournament, there was there was no stop in training, no feeling bad for myself. I immediately was getting ready for the national tournament. I knew that it was coming up. I had a week and a half to prepare, and obviously Kyle qualified. Um, he had an automatic qualifier because he took – what fifth so yeah so I had to get him ready anyways so we're both training normal I wasn't really worried about it too much but you know it's, it's just kind of weird how it all played out like I got the 19th seed and I loved my route I was like and we were talking about it like if I if I wrestle like I, I truly believed I could have been a finalist things didn't have work out for me that way but along the road it ended up paying off but yeah that's kind of like maybe you didn't have a good big 10 tournament but still high enough caliber to get the job done at nationals and so you has that always been something that you've been good at per se just kind of moving on because it's kind of interesting you didn't lose a match 
what your last three years of high school or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't lose a match in like the high school season, but I, I mean, I took my fair share of losses on the national scene. Um, I, I don't think it was until after my sophomore year of high school that I really like learned to lose. And like, obviously it still sucks, but like, one of the uh, greatest things that somebody told me is you, you still have a life to live after wrestling. And if you lose a match and that's the worst thing that happened to you, you're living a pretty good life. And that's kind of like the mentality I go in with. It's like, if I win this match, it's awesome. If I lose this match, dang, but I still have a life to live either way. Like I still have other stuff going on. I'm passionate about other things. I have a family that loves me. So it's like, just let it go. Let it like just go wrestle. All right. Well, I guess this is a decent segue. You are, is it fair to say, I, I know Twitter is a lot of my uh, sourcing here when I do my backstage prep and stuff. Is it fair to mm-hmm. say that you're into philosophy more than others? Yeah, I, I uh, took a philosophy class this semester um, just as an elective and it, it was, it was one of my favorite classes I've ever taken. It's just, the, the way you have to like make yourself think and then you have to back up your argument argument in a logical way. Yeah, I, I love philosophy. I might not have been that great at it in my class, but I was like, yeah, this stuff is awesome. And just like being like able to um, kind of think beyond certain limits that people like say, for example, something is the truth, but why is it the truth? If you know what I mean, like, thinking beyond and questioning things and that type of stuff. I, I love that class, but yeah, yeah. Very, I guess you'd call me a little bit philosophical. I get it. I would say a bit from Seth Vosters. I lived with him for a year. So he was always, we would always have conversations about stuff like that and expanding the brain and yeah. Fun conversations. How, how deep did we get in that class? Do we have a, do we have a special favorite philosopher because you know, would I would think uh Descartes was probably my favorite philosopher talking about do we truly exist and that's always I I love Elon Musk just listening to him so he's always like yeah we're in a simulation he's like sure of it I'm like well it's it's, it's just like I could ramble on forever but it's like just an interesting thing to think about but Descartes is talking about like do we truly exist and why we do and why we may not and stuff like that so yeah i love i love reading his stuff well trust me i mean seriously you, your whole afternoon would be gone because i'm into that stuff <laughs> too, so it's we'll, good we'll, we'll table that because i don't think anyone else is as a <laughs> no not the average human exactly so we'll, we'll table that uh well i guess for you, you study, you're now studying what? Finance, marketing, something. Personal, personal finance, yeah. Is there something that you've taken from those classes that you have kind of learned that applies to wrestling? I guess uh, one of the big things in one of my consumer science classes was talking about networking 
networking's great in wrestling too. And that's essentially what I had to do in high school to find partners that were willing to work and wanted to get workouts in. Cause I didn't go to a club during the off season in high school. I just found partners and we worked on stuff we didn't wanted to work on. So I guess the networking aspect of it is important in the wrestling world. Um, finding people you trust and finding people that'll um, help you reach your goals. That's probably the only thing. Crunching numbers is, yeah, I don't love uh, it, but that's what I'm doing. Fair enough. Now, I guess, I guess we'll cut kind of to, interestingly, because you have mentioned it a few times. What, like, especially, I guess, I guess we'll start here. You, you wrestled this summer. You're not, not too many competitions and whatnot. No. Nope, no competitions. Okay, so I guess when you, but I guess when you did wrestle over the summer and those things were run kind of outside NCAA and by the national governing body, what are some of the differences that you just kind of like in structure and how you felt between the college season and kind of over the summer? Yeah, so the focus um, on training shifts a little bit. We're not as focused on getting in shape. Um, I like to stay relatively in shape just because it's my own personal. I, I just want to be ready to go whenever. If, let's say, on one of the Wisconsin cards, they want me to wrestle somebody, well, I better be in shape. And you can't get in shape in three weeks. So I'm usually in pretty decent shape. Um, and it helps me get in the wrestling shape in season. Um, if I'm already in pretty decent shape. Um, so yeah, I guess we don't really focus on that as much, but we're more focused on the little details. Like today, for example, we had practice this morning and I spent, it was like 45 minutes working on single leg finishes. Um, so we're kind of just like focused down to that type of stuff. Like the minuscule things people don't really think about. We're not like, it's not often that we're like just hitting a double for, 20 minutes like we're working on very small details and breaking things down and talking through positions um compared to in season it's more like getting the things we do and really working on them and then getting in good conditioning and making sure we're getting good weight cuts and that type of stuff now i guess the bigger segue to that would be what do you think, I guess I'll give you the floor with this one and you can take it wherever you want to go. What do you think should be done to kind of market the sport better or more, whatever term you want to use? Yeah. Um, obviously money is the biggest thing. Um, getting people that have money that want to use it on wrestling spending money like the flow cards obviously brought a lot of attention but we think about that how many outsiders that don't really watch wrestling are going to watch those anyways so there's there's things we need to do i probably don't really have the answers for it i think uh when it's happening uh, more and more states are doing it but sanctioning women's wrestling is probably going to help with that um a lot with having both genders we're um, competing and you know it's not 
you're just watching guys, like you have the opportunity to watch girls compete as well. Um, I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun fact. I'm, I guess I'm taking somebody's word for it that it was true, but wrestling this season was the third most watched sport in the Big Ten, which is huge when we have great hockey. We got volleyball, basketball, football. Again, we're we're the third most viewed sport, which is great. So I think we're doing good. Um, I think we need to continue to reach out to schools and be like sending out flyers and getting camps and that type of stuff and promoting wrestling. But yeah, I don't have a clear cut answer on what we really need to do, but I, I definitely think that wrestling can truly be mainstream, but it, it'll take time. And I think it'll take um, a lot of money to do it as well, to get athletes to want to do it. Um, especially like those flow cards, wrestling for money is huge. Like it, it's a huge motivator for people. Um, and you see that in football, basketball too, a lot of money involved, baseball as well, a lot of money involved. So once we get there, I think it'll, it'll really go up. But you do, you, that's interesting. You do think that the ambition to make it mainstream is there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think just money helps. Money helps push everything. Money makes the world go round. Um, yep. Exactly. So you probably know this better than I do, but when was the last time, because you've wrestled at all these events, when was the last time we actually they actually had an outside sponsor at one of the USA wrestling that you can remember? Because I'm trying to run through off the top of my head now. I know they do, like, at Fargo, it's usually, like, the Marine Corps sponsors some of it. I don't know what part they have to do, but they're usually the sponsor for it. Um, but again, that's not that it's a bad thing, but it, that's essentially for their own personal gain to recruit people into like the Marines, or the army, that type of stuff, which is, you see it a lot with wrestlers who don't want to go to college um, necessarily. And they just want to go into the workforce Will they join the military that type of stuff. But besides that, I, I don't know. I don't flow is always sponsoring events, but obviously they're the main wrestling people. Now I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll, we'll table it kind of back around. Um, do you take pride in kind of being the spark plug to Wisconsin's lineup? Like, do you like it when they start duels at 25? Because nowadays we start duels wherever the heck we want. I don't know how they figure that out. Yeah. But do you enjoy it when you're kind of the first one to go? Yeah, I love it. A um, couple factors in it. One, especially this year, I had my weight cut down to a science. was doing great with my weight cut. Always felt good after the one-hour weigh-in. So that was always – the incentive for me to want to go right away is that these guys are cutting a lot of weight and maybe they didn't have a good weight cut. So I'm already at an advantage if we wrestle right away. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have that style where I can catch a guy and maybe start off a duel hot. And then when we get Kyle and we just picked up Gomez 41 and then keep the chain rolling. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think, especially when we have fans in there, 
and everybody goes crazy. And I, yeah, I love, I love starting off the duels for us. So the question is after you're done, cause you're done what 10 minutes after the duel starts. Yeah. yeah. So what, yeah. what are we doing in that hour and a half that you, you know, that you're sitting there. Yeah. They, the good old eat and drink a little bit more food so I can get a little bit more energy. Um, and then, yeah, just sitting on the bench and trying to yell out to the guys. I, I'll go back where guys are getting warmed up and just talk to them about their match or their upcoming match and just make sure their head's on right and make sure they're ready to go. Cause I know waiting for a bit can kind of be, make you a little bit sluggish. So making sure those guys are ready to go. Yeah. Um, I guess where you, you talked about kind of the transition, you talked about kind of the transition, possible transition later. Do you think that that has to do with the fact that, or I guess, for you and for other people, do you think that has to do with the lack of money per se in the sport? Yeah, it, it that kind of, kind of might be the root of it. Um, yeah, I guess when we think about it, there's we like to think that there's a lot of money involved in fighting, but there's not as much as there really is unless you make it big time. Um, I guess the other day I was reading something. Uh, a quote from Olivero, who's the champ now, talking about how much he gets a fifty thousand dollar bonus for his fight, but he only takes home twelve to fifteen thousand after all said and done. So yeah, obviously twelve to fifteen thousand is a good payday, but you think he only fights once or twice a year, and then he gets his obviously some pay per view money and then the original fight money. But how much does he take home? But there might not be that much money involved. Um, but I just love scrapping. Um, I don't know how long after college or even after college, if I'll wrestle any freestyle or not. I don't know what my career will shape up to be, but I've always been watching UFC since I was seven. I just love watching guys punch each other, and that's something I might want to do someday. At, yeah. And so for now, post post-college we're still kind of we're not entirely sure because i know you still have what how many years of eligibility left yeah three more years yeah so you're not you're not do you are you someone that likes to think that far ahead i guess we're getting philosophical again oh geez <laughs> yeah i mean i think having a rough sketch of a couple plans um is always good um obviously getting married and starting a family is also one of those plans where i just move to wherever me and my girlfriend move to and kind of just make a life there she's going to be a child psychologist so she'll get a job wherever and then i'll go maybe start a club work at an original or a, a club that's happening now maybe i'll go coach at high school i Maybe I won't coach anywhere and I'll just get a job working somewhere who I, I really don't know. Or maybe I'll go fight and kind of travel around and learn new things from people. And, but yeah, this is 
I don't think it's a bad idea to have a couple of rough sketches, but I do enjoy living like in the here and now and just kind of take pride in like just like taking up and eating up every second of the day and making them all valuable. Okay. Have we taught how does the fam and your close circles feel about you possibly getting into, you know, the punching business per se? Yeah. Well, that's that's funny. You asked. I asked my mom probably a couple of weeks ago. Said, "What would you do if I would I was fighting?" She's like, "Well, I obviously know what what's involved with it, but I've supported you through wrestling, and it probably be the same thing. I might close my eyes a little bit during the fight, but I was like, yeah, well, worst case scenario, I get knocked out. Part of the part of the fight, like you just gotta you gotta deal with it. And then my dad." It's like, yeah, if you want to do that, just make sure you do it 100%. Don't do it any less because those guys are are coming for your throat. So, yeah, I think I think they, they're pretty supportive. They always are on whatever I choose to do. So does so does mom still get anxiety when you when you uh, hit the mat every time? Is she one of those uh, superstitious people that's like? Uh, I'll do this whenever, whenever. Yeah, I don't know if she's like necessarily superstitious, but yeah, she gets very emotional. Like for example, like against Purdue, I got the big pin and I look up in the stands, she's bawling and she's like, Oh my God, you did it. I was like just absolutely screaming and all that stuff. She gets very emotional. Um, yeah. Even from the start of it if my dad couldn't make it to a tournament she'd be screaming and coaching me and when I was five years old and yeah just loves watching me compete and wants me to do the best I can so yeah I guess uh, I guess since you since you touched on that match when you beforehand when you're wrestling someone and you know the pundits aren't giving you much of a shout, but you you kind of know inside the room and your whole coaching staff kind of knows behind the scenes that something might happen. Is that how do y'all kind of funnel that energy per se? Well, I guess it, it especially with that match, it helped. Um the year before I was beating him eight to one. He came back and beat me nine to eight. And that's one of those we just blame it on me being a freshman. But yeah, I had a couple conversations with Bono. I was like, yeah, I and truly believe I can win this match. I don't know how it's all going to shape out. But if I go hand fight this guy hard, wrestle the full seven minutes, I think I can win the match. And yeah, made something happen. Um, but it was, it, it was a good match until I hit the little whoop-de-doo that I love to do. And yeah. And I assume you would have hit that move in the room a little, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I do it a little. I don't know. It, it's weird because I like I do these moves like two or three times. You're like that works. And then if I get in that position to match, I'm like, oh, that worked in practice. Might as well try it. And just weird stuff like that. I think I might pick that up a little bit from Gross because he's like, hey check out this new move I've been working on and he hits it. Well then we're wrestling live and he hits it. I'm like, all right. 
yeah, that's nice. And I just kind of like, I'm like, okay, I know the move works if I hit it like this. And then, yeah, kind of YOLO shot it and see if it works. Is that someone, is that something that you do during a match that you're constantly like thinking these thoughts out loud to yourself while you're, because some people, they don't really, if it makes any sense, they, I've asked some people, and they don't really think during a match, like they're just kind yeah. of going through the motions. Is that something that you do? Is it? Yeah, I mean, I get, especially like, Again, we'll keep just using that match as an example. He was riding me out for a minute or so. So I felt a couple of his positions and I knew what he wanted to do. He wanted well, he wanted tight waist chop, go two on one tilt. That's what he's really good at. So I knew he wanted it. Um, so obviously keeping my hands out and then when he went claw, that's when I felt it. I was like, okay. And no, I, I don't really think like I'm necessarily like thinking like consciously thinking but like subconsciously he goes clawing immediately i'm like i remember that position my muscles just hit it i do it and then yeah and it, it the the move really wasn't actually far off from the year before i tried to hit on him and he ended up turning me from it so it was kind of just like let's see what happens i think i adjusted to it um so yeah i, I hit it and it worked out for me well, I'll, I'll try this again. Um, when I had Kyle on, I asked him, because you all are roommates, yeah? He's not lying to me, right? Yep. He lives in the basement. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We just tell him it's it's the, the totem, the totem pole. You're all in the right. basement. I'm up, I'm up top. All right. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I asked him while well, he was on here, I said, who's the best chef in the house? And he said himself. No, no way. No. That one I'll fight forever. Dude, I took in high school. That was like the thing I loved the most. I took foods and nutrition and culinary one and culinary two, which is like, there were like 10 people in my class because nobody wanted to take it, but I loved cooking. This dude, like, puts in a, a chicken patty in the microwave and calls it like, like five-star restaurant. Like that one, I'll fight it forever. Like I make some great food. Kyle just like heats up some frozen food and it's like, this is great. So he has a, you have a much more sophisticated palate. Let's put it that way. Yes. There we go. There we go. Uh, Okay, well, so you're you, you're qualified. He's not. That's that. That's what I got out of that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I guess you've been like I. I always say this to everyone that comes on that like, not everyone's crazy enough to talk to me for half an hour. So <laughs> you've been absolutely great. Um, Thank you. That's. That's about all I've got for you. Uh, you have you have one heck of a season coming up, and uh, I wish yeah. you and Wisconsin and all the other guys best of luck, and uh, I wish you all the best. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it as well. You.
Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Mental Takedown. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Eric. And as always, if you did enjoy what you saw, like, subscribe, all that other creator stuff that you guys all love to do. We are on your favorite podcast platform, so don't be afraid to check us out there. All that stuff is in the description down below. As always, have a great rest of your day, and until next time, this is Daniel signing off for the mental.